I want to impact the world. I want to impact a billion people. And that's a big vision. With a B. Yeah, a billion people. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of failures, a lot of successes, lots of learning. And I have the confidence that I will get there. You know, I don't have a time frame. You know, I'm, right. I'm 29. You've got a lot of life to live. I've got a lot, a lot of life. Even if I were to live till today or till tomorrow, I think I've shared enough stories or my story out there that, you know, if people share it, they'll impact millions and millions and millions until it reaches a billion. I have the faith that it will happen and that it's currently happening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Hustle on Purpose. My name is GT Eigert, and today we have a very special guest, Elva Rosas. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad <laughs> you made it out today. It's good to get to talk to you again. Me too. It's a rainy day, but I made it out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we gave enough time for shirts to dry off and yes. all of that. So we're all dry <laughs> and ready to go. Um, hopefully it doesn't storm too bad. And hopefully we get this done before the emergency test system goes off this afternoon. Yes. It's so, at 120 today. Yeah. So. Hopefully we get it done before then. <laughs> so, um, well, for those uh, people listening and watching that don't know you, give us a little bit of a background, how you got here, what you do, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, my name is Elva Roses and I was born in Seattle, Washington, raised in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Um, what's brought me back to Arkansas is literally entrepreneurship. That's my background. My father was in the restaurant industry for about 30 years. So I know that industry pretty well from small businesses to big corporations like restaurants at Disney. Um, and currently I am the director of customer success for a freelance marketplace called GoLance. So I have understood all the ins and outs of how to scale much larger uh, businesses as well. Um, and currently I am doing some uh, real estate investment. So that is the main reason why I'm sticking along yeah. with GT to kind of learn the ropes, the ins and outs. And I have officially started a new media company called The Simplicity Project. So I'm very excited to kind of share a little bit about my story. Yeah, yeah. that is awesome. I mean, it's those are all... Uh, reasons why I wanted to have you on because it's we're really just trying to highlight entrepreneurs and what they're doing and dive into their story and figure out you know what <laughs> what led them to choose this path of yeah. entrepreneurship because it's it's wonderful and amazing and terrible and awful and a little uh, bit about everything right a little bit <laughs> of everything but you know, people like you that, um, continue to do it, continue going down the path, not being happy with where they're at. Um, not necessarily not being happy with where they're at, but it's, you know, the life is not a trial run, right? Like Correct. we only get one shot at living our life yeah. and regret is one of my biggest fears. I just don't want to, um, in, in my case, since I'm religious, like I don't want to get to the pearly gates and wonder like, you know, what I could have done if I had. Absolutely. If I had done everything that I could, yeah. you know, I want to finish empty, right? Yes. Like I just want to like leave it all out on the field, do everything I can to better myself, my business, my family, my community, my church, all of that. That's right. It's all about multiplying those talents that are given to us, you know, and a lot right. of the times, you know, during the seasons, 
you develop new talents and new skills that you're not very knowledgeable about. I mean, right now I'm, I'm uh, starting real estate investment, went mm-hmm. from commercial real estate, um, had eminent domain on that property unexpectedly. So it is pretty interesting when you have a large sum of cash, you know, hit your bank account and you're like, what the heck am I going to do now? You know, and, and having to wait almost two years because dealing with the state of Arkansas or any state, Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of restrictions and regulations and processes and procedures. Um, and now I'm moving into multi-living residential property. So it, it's, yeah. a, it's a monster. I mean, there are so many things that you should and shouldn't do. Um, yeah. But you've got you've to understand that these are skills. You know, these are skills that you have to develop and you have to ask questions in order to be able to accomplish what you know that you can accomplish. You know, and sometimes you don't feel like you can accomplish them and you surround yourself by people who yeah. believe in you, who believe that you can mm. accomplish it. That's what's helped me really, you know, even take the initiative in starting a media company where I don't know anything about videography. I don't know anything about making content. Um, are, people, are people going to care about what I say, yeah. you know, and, and you just got to take that leap, you know, yeah. cause it's pure faith, you know? So, right. Well, I think doing it with the intent of helping people and not necessarily expecting a, a return, um, that's that's a big part of it for me anyways. It's like, can we do it in a way where I'm confident that the information we're putting out there is going to help people? Uh, if yes, then sure, let's do it. Did yeah. I envision myself being on YouTube or on a podcast? A year ago, zero, like I had no idea, but here we are. And I actually really like it because I get to sit down and talk to people like you and it betters me from hearing your story and uh, what you're going through and what you've been through and all of that. And I I hope that other people get the same value out of it that I do. Absolutely. Um, Alex Hermosi has a quote about entrepreneurs and he's like, to be a successful entrepreneur takes two things. Uh, one is an overwhelming amount of confidence that you can handle whatever like comes at you and that you can get it done and figure it out and whatever. And uh, the other thing is like crippling insecurity, insecurity about not ever being good enough or doing enough or whatever. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Happens I was like, day. I was like, oh man, yeah, that <laughs> I, I don't consider myself exceptional at, at really anything. Um, but I would say I, I have those two things. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm never doing enough. Uh, and if I'm, even if I'm working myself to the bone, it's like, am I doing enough in like the right direction? Yeah. Um, but also <laughs> the dichotomy of it is like, I have a lot of confidence yeah. that I will overcome like the hurdles that are presented to me. It's Absolutely. weird, right? It's it is. Weird. I mean, I go to bed, I go to bed early, you know, and, or I recently have at nine o'clock yeah. and I called my buddy last night, who's also an entrepreneur. And I told him, do you ever ask yourself why the heck are you doing what you're doing? Like mm-hmm. every day, why yeah. am I doing this? Is mm-hmm. there a true purpose? Am I making a difference? And I walked into the new property that I just bought. You know, it was a duplex. I bought it back in April. I had no idea that I would turn it into a triplex and then eventually a quadruplex. But I'm walking into the property yesterday and 
I remember being in Mexico for almost a month and drawing out, you know, that bottom floor into two units, trying to fit another restroom, trying to fit another kitchen, gave that little drawing to my contractor, walked through the property. We literally counted the footage and he's like, I think it's going to work. Got it approved by the state. And I'm walking into that property yesterday where I'm seeing those walls being built. Yeah. And the contractor that is subcontracted, you know, to do all of the mm-hmm. new walls and the plumbing, he literally told me, this is going to look amazing. Yeah. You know, and it's just all from an initiative of saying, I'm just going to draw it out on a piece of paper, on a napkin. Mm-hmm. This is my idea, you know, but I have that confidence. I know I can get it done. I know I can't get it done with my own hands, but it will require a team, you yeah. know, and, and you're right. I mean, every day it's like, is that, what am I going to do with that triplex or quadruplex? You know, who am I going to be able to bless with a room, with a, with a kitchen for them to be able to live in? Right. You know, cause right now housing is difficult. I mean, it is. it's not really affordable. And, and for me to be able to own a property to not offer just two units, but I'm like, how can I bless four people? How can I provide four units, you know, and it's a win-win. So yeah, I I definitely think that we have the, you know, those thoughts. I always think about, you know, business mindset coach that I've hired recently. It's, you know, toxic thoughts produce sickness and a typical symptom is I'm tired or I'm drained. Mm. And those are the thoughts that, we have always kept. I'm we, tired. Yeah, I'm always tired. Somebody, <laughs> I'm tired. I remember, you know, my friend Diana, she she would literally get to the point where it's like, you want to do this? And she would be like, I would say, I'm tired. I'm too tired. And I would just sit on the couch and do nothing. Repetitively, I'm tired. I'm so tired. And those yeah. are toxic thoughts. Oh, yeah. You know, instead of taking the initiative and in, in planting great thought seeds, you know, and saying, I'm not tired, or even though I'm tired, I'm not going to function on how I feel. I'm going to function on how I know that I could get this done, you know? So there's just, yeah, this season that I'm in, I've just been vested a lot into my mental health. And I think that's kind of why, you know, I've decided to start this media company called the Simplicity Project because so many people, you know, I come from a spiritual background too, you know, but right. I come from the business world. My father was in the industry for three, 30 years in the restaurant industry. The restaurant industry, which is and tough. I was at, where was I yesterday? Buffalo Wild Wings. It took about an hour and a half to get my wings. They only had like two servers. And I remember telling my friends, this industry is tough, you know, and, and the server was having a bad day, you know, and you could mm-hmm. just tell and she would share how she's feeling. And I'm like, man, I remember me, myself and I serving, you know, when, when it was chaos in the kitchen and and people were backed up or we had a shortage in servers and now Mm -hmm. we're having to, you know, serve more tables that in our section that we should be able to handle. And those are the little things that I remember because that was my upbringing, you know, church and working at a restaurant since I was 13, not not working, but like helping, you know, yeah. understanding what is it to wash a dish. Was well, a family dishwasher. business. Like yeah. you got to work. You just, you build a business together with your mom and dad. The most common question I get asked is, 
GT, how do I get started in real estate investing? And my go-to answer is to go talk to Robbie Cole at Benchmark Home Loans. Robbie will help you figure out the best loan option for you in your current situation and help you with long-term planning as well. He gives out free advice seven days a week and he would love to help you. So if you're one of the people that's been afraid to start that conversation, I encourage you to stop right now and call 501-777-9995 so that you can start your investing journey or take it to the next level. Once again, that's Robbie Cole at Benchmark Home Loans, 501-777-9995. Every single day. You go there every single day through high school, through college. Yeah. So it's... So I grew up in a pawn shop. I don't know if I ever told you that. Like my parents owned a pawn shop which turned into a pawn shop that was also a gun store and a jewelry store. And it was kind of my dad's vision. But so like my dad kind of ran the gun side and my mom kind of ran the jewelry side. And I was in there from the time I can remember Yeah. after school weekends, like I was there and you know, my responsibilities started as like cleaning inside all the showcases. Cause mm-hmm. I was small. I could reach in there and like <laughs> reach around the things and clean yeah. all the glass. Right. To like, uh, eventually I got like the honorary, like a, an honorary title of like, uh, being in charge of like the knife department. So like, I mean, eight, nine years old, somebody would come and they'd go to like <laughs> the knife showcase. And I was, That'd be you. I was on them. <laughs> I was like, I'd, can I help you? Sh- can I show you anything? Like, yeah, this yeah. is the so-and-so it's got this blade type. Like I knew all about the knives and I was like, I think some people bought knives just because they like, they're yeah. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, and, and maybe you can give your thoughts on this. It's like, I'm at the time I remember starting to have thoughts about, man, I wish I was like so many of these other kids that I went to school with. It's like, oh yeah, you know, the they, time. not that I didn't get uh, that business led to a incredible life for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, other kids did other kid things. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I was like, you know, as I got older, I started having those thoughts of, I wish I could just be like all the other kids. Um, But as I've gotten older, I'm like, I'm so thankful for Mm -hmm. my upbringing, the sacrifices that my parents made to go through that entrepreneurial journey, to make that choice, to keep that alive, to teach me the value of a dollar and hard work Mm -hmm. uh, because... I have everything that I have now, I, I point back to my upbringing. And so some of that is probably ingrained in you as well. It's like coming Absolutely. from that background, how do you think that's influenced who you are today? Yeah, I literally, right before we started filming, I told myself, I looked at the little notes that I wrote and the first thing that came to my mind, like, how did I get here? And all I could think about is my mom and dad. Melaton and Elva Roses. I mean, they poured into me, you know, all of the tools. They gave me all of the tools that I needed in my toolbox to understand that life is not easy. Life as a believer and life as an entrepreneur, life as parents, it's Mm -hmm. not easy, you know, and, and absolutely. I had, I had thoughts, you know, I can remember times even during college where I'm heading out to hot springs from Arkadelphia with my friends on a Friday and I'm getting a call to turn around because they have a 
dinner mm. rush and you know, they need help and yeah. I'm having to turn back around with my friends in the car and, you know, apologize that, you know, I have to go to work. Yeah. I think I was the night cook my freshman year at OBU. Yeah. I would have band practice, marching band practice during football season. Play the drums. Mm -hmm. Yep. During, um, I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays that I would have to march mm -hmm. till like 6.30. I'd literally run to my dorm, change, do everything I needed to do, hit the restaurant and cook till nine. I'd close the kitchen out till 10. Yeah. I would get to my dorm, meet up with my suite mate, who was also a business major. Yeah. And she would help me literally read chapter by chapter because yeah. I was exhausted. I was so tired. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was, I did that for a whole semester and I still did a lot. You know, I, I was still part of clubs and, and like the business club and intramural sports, but right. you have to know how to manage your time and manage your priorities. Um, but some, I think it was 2020, March of 2022, May of 2020, where I was running two companies, mm -hmm. one in Benton, one in Hot Springs, which happened to be a pawn shop. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, and it was from March to May, first time in my entire life since I was 13 that I had no school to, to go to or to attend or right. any exams to study for. No work. We shut both companies down. Oh, wow. I had never known or understood what that felt like. Yeah. Ever. Because summer vacations, absolutely. During high school, everybody went to their father's side, grandparent's side, you know, their grandparent's house. And then right. they, for June and then July, they'd go to the other parents' homes, grandparents' homes. Okay. And then I'm there working in the summer at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Or doing whatever I needed Something. to do right. during church or vacation Bible school. So I So what did you do? You found yourself with, with no work. Did you just panic? No. Arkansas <laughs> was the state that did not shut down. So right. all of these people, I mean, I think the governor was invited us to go out and hike and go out into nature. So I, I definitely did that. I, I would go out and go for walks, enjoy the nature, rivers, mountains. And I think that was the first time that I ever even thought about being a mom. 2020. I never even had the thought. I had always desired to be a mother, but realistically, you know, I'm career driven. So those months, I'm like, I think I could actually take the time to become or be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Because I had no distractions. I had no other things pushing me right. or driving me to yeah. that I need to get these things done. So, yeah, I had a blast. I had so much fun. I think I even managed to go to Orlando on one of those flights, even with my yeah. mask on, and, and still had a great time with my family down there. So... Well, kids are awesome. Um, and I can't speak to motherhood, but fatherhood is amazing. I can imagine. Um, you know, if it's part of your plan, then it'll happen. It'll happen. Absolutely. And all I can tell you is like, I've with you walking in and seeing, you know, your duplex getting turned into a, a triplex or a fourplex. Um, it's a really cool feeling to go from an idea on paper to mm -hmm. a physical reality. Correct. 
like I remember building this office and this was one of the first things I ever really just like built like two years ago, this was trees and woods. And it's like had all the dirt work done, had this big slab poured, had this building erected, had it like all finished out. Um, and it's, it's just a small building in the middle of the woods close to my house. But there was something really cool about like that building wouldn't be there if I hadn't like had an idea, had this crazy idea and like made it happen. Right. Uh, kids are the same way just on a, on a different level. Cause it's way more spiritual with kids. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, that's something I'd, you know, a building and the nuts and bolts and whatever, and you can plan it out and you can pay money and have it built. And it's very like, I did that kind of thing with kids. It's similar in the sense of like, that kid wouldn't exist like without me. And it's such an amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. But I couldn't have done that without God. Yeah. And Absolutely. so it's like, it's the same with the building, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's a really crazy, like spiritual experience when you, when you have children. So, um, and I come from a massive, family, a big so, family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my mom and her sister married two brothers. So two sisters married two brothers. Oh, wow. Okay. Double wedding. And then the first two pregnancies were in the same year. So I have double cousins. Some honeymoon babies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those cousins literally look like us. And they have the same set of aunts, uncles, grandparents. Yeah. They, I think they realistically could be like our siblings because they have the same exact blood. Yeah. Like you had, you, there's two family trees. Two sisters married with, two brothers. Yeah. Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The only thing is that they weren't twins. You know how twins marry twins? Then they have like genetically the same baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they have babies that are, they're cousins, but they're siblings. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like genetically, us, except yeah. that they're not twins. That's, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> two sisters married two brothers. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, double wedding. And the same, yeah, at the same time. Same time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's really cooking my noodle a little bit yes but um (laughs) so that i wanted to i didn't want to deviate from the simplicity project this like media company so tell me tell me a little bit more about that what was the what spawned Mm -hmm. you wanting to start that and what's kind of the the deal with it yeah so the uh idea started probably seven years ago okay and i was with a buddy of mine out when well, back in the day when I lived in Orlando and I thought it initially would be an album. I love music, music industry. Yeah. And we were just trying to create something very unique and simple. Um, so that's where like the name came from, the Simplicity Project. It's been seven years. It's evolved. And I have officially launched it in April during my birthday. Yeah. Um, and it's turned into... And I had to kind of like just think about, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish, what's the call to action. But I definitely want to inspire the world to live a life of simplicity, one story at a time. Um, A lot of the times people come to me because I'm a storyteller. I mean, I don't leave any detail out. If you ask me, how do I get to Walmart? I'm going to describe the street, describe the trees, how many stop signs, the color of the buildings you're going to pass. Very, the attention to detail is there. 
mm-hmm. not just going to tell you, oh, take a right and take a left and you're there. Um, so I have this skill, you know, maybe, maybe throughout my life, people could say I talk too much, <laughs> you know, just literally I talk too much or I talk a lot, Same. I talk but a they lot. enjoy listening to what I'm saying. So I've thought about, you know, how can I impact the world um, when we're being fed a lot of lies, you know, and, and there's massive companies that are building these media companies and feeding us what they want us to know. Um, but how can I do it? Very simple where I'm not brainwashing people or trying, you know, or attempting to build these courses or Mm -hmm. having them subscribe to my channel because I need something from them. Realistically, I just want them to have enough resources for them to be able to take action every single day, you know, to come to our, my channel. So they understand life's not simple, right? But we can choose to live a simplicity, like the simplicity of life. And I think it's a decision that it all started with my mind. You know, I, I went on this, people could say a rabbit hole. I started, you know, my upbringing, you know, in church, Christian, I was involved in a lot of ministries. I've done a lot of mission trips and, you know, youth camps, youth conventions, young adults, discipleship. I think a lot of people in Arkansas can relate, you know, to just the Bible belt, you know, it's just culture. So was, I think it happened in 2017. I was taking a class in El Salvador for my master's and I learned the term social entrepreneurship and the percentage of social entrepreneurships. It's very little. Um, I think it's like one in a million, one out of every million there's a social entrepreneur because, and I'm not, don't, you can fact check me like fact check, okay. check it. Like, yeah. I'm not somebody in the comments. Fact yeah, check. Anybody can comment on that, <laughs> but primarily we're motivated by a desire. It's not motivation by money. The desire is not money. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So motivated by the desire to alleviate some kind of systematic social or cultural problem. So just real broad people stop going to church because they got burned out or they got backstabbed or they got casted out. Is it a systematic social problem or is it a cultural problem? Because you can go to a Christian church here in Arkansas versus a Christian church in Washington state and you can have different experiences. Right. You can go to a Christian church on Main Street in Little Rock and go to one on Third Street in Little Rock and have very different experiences. Correct. So we tend to create these cultural, you know, problems. Mm -hmm. But not we're not there's very few people that are willing to really dig deep into finding the actual roots of the problems. And that's what a social entrepreneur does. Well, especially on a, you know, these social problems Mm -hmm. are so complex. Yeah. I mean, when you start including mass numbers of people people is where it gets complex hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Finding affordable quality property and casualty insurance can be a pain, but Little Rock-based JTS has the protection real estate and property owners need. From liability and property coverage to plans for loss of rent, renovation projects, and more. Just give Matt Barger a call at 501-231-1611. He even has markets for short-term rentals like Airbnb, as well as vacant, owner-financed, and rent-to-own properties. Call Matt today at 501-231-1611 or email him at matt at jtsfs.com. So you work with demographics. A social entrepreneur works with demographics. Um, something that I learned in El Salvador, very common thing is a village that doesn't have water. Their well is broken. Yeah. So what do you do? You contact wealthy people or believers who can just donate mm-hmm. and fix the well, right? That's one solution. But the solution that the social entrepreneur decided to do is... Let's talk to the religious leader in the village and they will have to ask the community to raise the funds. Yeah. So they feel we're not enabling a village because sometimes when you just give something to a person, there is no lesson. They're not really growing. And sometimes we enable. So social issues as like just issues that are, environmental or social, you know, poverty, water, there's like environmental, anything that you can think about. What they decided to do and something that I really began to think about is if you were to raise the funds, you raise the funds, they fix the well. Mm -hmm. I believe a year later, the social entrepreneur went back to the village and the number one community member that was really excited about the well still didn't have water in his house. So apart from the religious leader, there were community members, right? like men that raised the funds, they fixed the well, but they still didn't have that one man that helped him. It was like his right arm. He still didn't have water. So he goes to his house and he asks, why don't you have water? He's like, I believe it costs like $24 for the little pipe from the main line to the house. He had to pay $24. Yeah. And he's like, you're telling me you haven't had $24 for this pipe? He said, no, because my daughter um, had to be hospitalized. Rough. Right? Yeah. So what is the social problem? Like, what is the systematic social issue? You know, is, is it, are we fixing the water so they can have water? Or are we needing to go even deeper into the demographics and say, this man truthfully doesn't have the finances, not even 24 bucks to complete the project for his own home and connect the main line, the water to his house. So how can, and that's why a lot of people start with education, you know, because you have to educate people, give them the tools. How do you create jobs Mm -hmm. so they can better themselves So social entrepreneurs dig really deep into the data and the statistics, the reasons, and they finally get to the root. So the root here from this home wasn't that they needed water. They're fine with going to three miles, five miles walking and getting water and coming back. Right. They need finances. Right. And And some financial literacy and. Correct. Yeah. They need a job. They need to 
learn how to be self-sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I think the simplicity project, when I'm trying to inspire the world to live a life of simplicity, a story at a time is that there are a lot of things that we need to be rebuilt, you know, and it takes time to find the root. You know, a lot of the times we tend to look at people who are alcoholics or are addicted to drugs and the root is very different. It's not the same root. There are different issues. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to, to make bundle. a blanket. Like if everyone just did X, like it would solve all these problems. If everybody like, went to AA, wouldn't we resolve all of the addictions? No, absolutely not. Right. <laughs> if yeah. everybody went to the doctor, wouldn't we resolve every disease? Yeah. Jordan Peterson has a thing that I, I really liked is he talks about when it comes to addiction, uh, the we think about it all wrong we ask why is gt addicted to alcohol mm -hmm. and it's like the question's all wrong it's like the question is why aren't we all addicted to everything because like drugs are awesome in a sense that like yeah. they accomplish what they set out to do right and like uh and it's the short-term benefits outweigh the perceived long-term yeah. detriment. Um, but it's, and not to just dive into like this, it's one of many social issues, but I mean, opiates and all that stuff, is just killing people yeah. left and right. Mm -hmm. uh, big pharma and all that. I mean, we could go deep down that rabbit hole. But my thing is, and at least in my experience, so I've been sober for going on eight years. Nice. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My life has drastically improved. Mm -hmm. But when I was drinking, it was like the immediate benefits outweighed the perceived long-term detriment. Right. Um, I didn't, I didn't think I had enough to lose by drinking. Right. It's like, once I stopped drinking, I started, uh, it, it's like, if you, if you give a rat, a mountain of cocaine, it will do the cocaine until it dies, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are one of the only species on earth that can plan ahead, make an investment in our future, right? I'm like the reason we aren't all addicted to drugs is because we choose to make that investment to not do drugs today because I think that investment will pay off long term. I'll live longer, I'll have more financial success. I'll have more spiritual success. I'll, yeah. you know, be successful across this broad spectrum of things because I'm not doing drugs today. Mm -hmm. That's a great summary. I yeah. mean, that's literally one of the areas that I've asked, you know, because you do have all of these sort of thoughts of, you know, one of the studies that I looked at is you have twins. They look at their lives until they're 30. Mm-hmm. Their father is in prison for the rest of their lives. One twin is successful, gets married, has kids. The other twin is back in prison. Yeah, it's like nature versus nurture. Which yeah, and then you yeah. ask them, and one of them's like, I knew my father was in prison for life, and that's the life that I chose not to live. And the other one's like, I knew my father was in prison, and I knew that's the life that I had. That's the example that was set for me, and I'm a victim of my circumstances. Correct. And, right. So it's all about decisions. We've got free will, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And... One of the areas where I had never really even, you know, dipped a toe in was my mental health. Yeah. Ever. 
because I'll tough it out. I'm if good. you're born and raised <laughs> in a church, uh-huh. I mean, Jesus is sufficient. He's at our everything. Like, why are you anxious? You should just. Why are you stressed out? Right. You know, why are you having these evil thoughts? Oh, ye of little faith. Literally. <laughs> So you get to the point where, okay, I'm 25 years old and I've got, I've got some serious mental issues Uh that I didn't know there were mental issues because of my upbringing. You know, Mm. there are certain, there are certain cracks in my foundation that I needed to go back to and kind of just figure out why is it cracked? Why do I believe the way that I believe? Why do I think the way that I believe that I think? And Deconstruction. Yeah, it is deconstruction. And I've got great parents. I mean, for you to find people who have mom and dad nowadays, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, they come from broken homes, foster adoption, or they raise themselves complete orphans. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got a solid foundation with mom and dad. And I have a spiritual life, which nowadays it's uncommon. Yeah. It is. You You check two two boxes that are... In the minority, for sure. I've got skills that, you know, were in grade of hard work will pay off. You know, you got to You're still work. a good cook? I'm an amazing cook. Yeah. I nice. cook really well. But it got to the point when I was 25 where I, I just got fed up with myself. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm 25 years old and I'm miserable. It was about 25 for me as well. It was about the Where time I'm like, I was like, yeah. I've got five years till I'm 30. I'm single, you know, not even dating. And I am running two businesses that at that point was a bottling barbecue plant and a pawn shop. A bottling barbe- barbecue plant. Yeah. We so bottled, bottled barbecue sauce, sauce for okay. the state of Arkansas for a couple of restaurants. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And um, so I learned that industry, the co-packaging industry. Cool. And then I learned how to sell gold and silver, pawn shop world, all of that, collectibles. Yeah. But yeah, it was just everything depleted because I was there day and night. I think mm-hmm. I was working 16 hours a day for yeah. two years. Yeah. I mean, straight out of college to that for two years. Yeah. Where the vision is, I'm going to take this company public with my business partner. Business partner has a wreck. It's like, I've got to make some changes, create a strategic exit plan for myself Yeah, because I'm not going to move forward with this. And yeah, 25 years old, February of 2021, I left to Mexico for, for about a month. That's when I started to rethink about all of the same cycles that I saw, all mm-hmm. of the same commitments that I would make. I mean, I'd help so many people with their businesses, so many people with their dreams, their visions, their goals. I mean, I would, you know, pull up my sleeves and say, we're going to get it done, you know, very encouraging, but I would never really receive it back. So I'm like, there's a missing piece Mm -hmm. because I've been pleasing people and I've been trying to make it work and and have this idea that eventually I will receive it, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe when I'm 50 and I'm like, why can't I receive it now? You know, what, what can I do differently? Yeah. So that took me into, I understood social entrepreneurship. Like I'm not driven by money. You know, obviously you've got to make money to be able to get things done in this world. You've got to have it. helpful tool. It's a resource. And I learned how to make money. You know, that's good. But 
with that money, how am I going to make a positive impact into this world? Where, yeah, I mean, just the restaurant industry, I went through a lot. <laughs> just understanding just how tips worked, how you pull tips, you have to share tips, mm-hmm. how managers don't want to comp the food. So if they don't comp food because of, you know, unsatisfaction, they're not going to leave you a tip because they're upset. So you're having to pay for the restaurant's mistake. So yeah. that industry taught me a lot. The bodily plant, pawn shop, gold and silver. I was able to learn a lot of, you know, if I were to have a business myself, just my business, these are, these are the ways and my motivation of why I'm gonna build it. You know, and that's the sole purpose of the Simplicity Project. I want to impact the world. I want to impact a billion people. And that's a big vision. With a B. Yeah, a billion people. Yeah. And it's going to take a lot of failures, a lot of successes, lots of learning. And I have the confidence that I will get there. You know, I don't have a time frame. You know, I'm, right. I'm 29. You've got a lot of life to live. I've got a lot, a lot of life. Even if I were to live till today or till tomorrow, I think I've shared enough stories or my story out there that you know if people share it they'll impact millions and millions and millions until it reaches a billion i have the faith that it will happen and that it's currently happening so i went through this season from 20 from 25 to 27 where i decided to look into my five pillars the simplicity project the foundation of the simplicity project are five pillars. And what are those? The five pillars are, I want to start off with mental, financial, social, physical, and spiritual. If your mental health is not where it needs to be, it will affect every other pillar. Yep. And if people want to ask me about biblical, you know, back it up with the Bible, Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. Romans doesn't tell us to renew our heart or to renew our soul. It tells us to renew our mind mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah, that's true. I've neglected that quite a bit as well. When, and looking at that list, it's... I used to be... I have gone... It seems like in most of the periods of my life... I would just be, depending on my circumstances at that time, it's like I was hyper-focused on one, maybe two of those. Yeah. I mean, there was a period of my life where like uh, physical and social, like if there's like a bar chart of these five pillars, physical and social were like up here. I was working out five days a week and I was hanging out with my friends every day. And like those areas of my life, through the roofs, off the charts, right? Yep. Um, then I've had areas of my life where like, it was purely finance. My goal was to build these businesses, make as much money as possible. Um, other parts of my life, it's been faith and social. It's, it's quite frankly, very rarely been off the charts on the mental column. Yeah. But, and I relate, I was there. I I think most people will. Most people are like, you have high school. I mean, just because of how we look at education. I mean, you're already pre-programmed to go to PE. Yeah. 
and to be social, Hang you know, by going to basketball games, football games. Right. And that's, that cycle repeats. And if you decide to go to college or if you don't decide to go to college, you still have to, you know, mm-hmm. decide if you're going to want to hang out with your coworkers or not, or if you're right. going to decide to go work out with a family member or with a friend, or if, if you're, you're going to start a business on the side start and a business. by yourself for hours upon end. <laughs> and throughout your entire life, you're going to say, am I going to believe or build a spiritual pillar? Like mm-hmm. you can be brought up in church, but then say, I don't believe in God or become agnostic or Buddhist, Muslim, you name it. But you still have to make a decision on your spiritual pillar. Yeah. And even if you're, you know, atheist or agnostic, it's still belief. You oh, know? it takes faith either way. It takes faith. Yeah. So I had never, ever explored the mental pillar because it was like taboo. It's a dark place. Yeah. I, I can't imagine telling my mom, I need to go get a counselor. She's going to be like, I, what did I do? Yeah. They were going to like blame themselves. It's not about you, mom. But the more that I started digging into these repetitive cycles, mm. it's like I'm 25. I thought I would have been married. Now I'm 29. I thought I would have been married since I was 27. That was my goal. That was my perfection mindset. Right. I you have know, to I'm have 27. a timeline. By the time I'm yeah. 30, I'm going to have like four kids, maybe twins. You know, you plan it all out and then life just doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. But you have to decide if it's not, if it hasn't worked out, then what am I currently doing or why am I thinking this way? Yeah. You can't sit around and be a victim. It's like if you're not analyzing the problem and looking internally, Mm -hmm. the problem, not that being single is a problem, but like if, if you're not getting the outcome you want, like we're that, uh, Earl Nightingale quote, we're all self-made only the successful talk about it. Right. Yeah. Like, whether you're getting the result that you want or you're not, um, it it all kind of comes down to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, people watching, it's like, hey, hit up Elva in the comments. She can cook. She can play the drums. She's a believer. Like <laughs> yeah. she's got businesses. Like, what else are y'all looking for? Hit up Elva. Yeah. We'll turn well, this into a dating app. Well, you know what? I'm available. There you go. <laughs> Somebody reach out. Well, I definitely want to, you know, thank you for this opportunity because you are my first podcast that I've been yeah. a guest to. So this has been a wonderful experience. Obviously, we're not done yet, but yeah. I definitely want to explore more into the mental pillar and then mm-hmm. talk about the rest. You earlier right now, you mentioned that there were seasons in your life where you were social and physical. Mm-hmm. Most of my life, most of my life, I've only been spiritual yeah i've never been a gym freak or of like running every single day and super Mm -hmm. fit i mean i like to run but it hasn't been a consistent thing i hate it social not a runner social i probably say was also one of my biggest pillars and then financial honestly i'm still 29 and I i don't have financial freedom yeah it's not completely there there are still things that i need to Work Which towards. most people don't at 29. Yeah. I wouldn't beat yourself I'm up close. I think after this year, I'm there. Nice. But I'm very close now. But I had I had my full focus on spiritual. It's like I'm coming to God to help me through the season, and I feel miserable. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. I'm broken. I'm lonely. I'm, you know, just having really bad thoughts. And, I mean, bad thoughts. I finally understood why people reach 
the moment in their life where they want to give up on life because nothing's worked out. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to be living joy, kindness, patience, peace, but I'm producing the other stuff. Like I'm not producing anything good. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we fear. let other people put pressure on us. Mm-hmm. I certainly fall victim to that. Like, I mean, I've, I, I'm so thankful that everything that I asked for that I have received came in the time that it took to get it. Yes. Cause if it was all dumped on me, I mean, I deal with stuff now that would have crippled me five yeah. years ago. And you can sit around in that season of having to be patient and wait for those things and, you know, shake your fist at the sky and ask why it's not happening yet. And it's like, I promise you, you'll probably look back in a few years and you'll have that thing that you wanted and you'll be so grateful that it took as long as it did for you to get it because it's more, you know, if somebody's goal is to become a millionaire, it's like the goal shouldn't be to go make a million dollars. It's go become the person that you have to be to handle that circumstance well. Yes. Like if your goal is to get married, it's like, The goal is not to go out and just find anybody that'll put a ring on it. It's like, how do I become the person that the person I want to marry wants to marry? How do I become the business leader that leads the kind of business that I want to lead? How do I, you know, and and so on and so forth. It's the, the, the goal setting is wrong a lot of times. So my goal, and this could be very simple. It's, I will get married. I will have eight kids, even though it's crazy. Yeah. And just eight? I do plan just eight. I do plan to um, have financial freedom. And I hope to write books, create movies, so on and so on. Yeah. Lots of, lots of ideas, right? But the main goal is what you just said. How, how can I handle eight kids and how can I be a good wife while I'm handling to mother, you know, yeah. Eight kids. You can come practice with my now? three kids. Anna's right there <laughs> with my three kids right now. If you need, need you some know, warm up. You're right. It's how can, if, you know, seasons ago I would call mom or mom would call me and it would create anxiety mm-hmm. and stress. My own mother, mm-hmm. the one who has uh, clothed me and fed me and taken care of me. I started not wanting to talk to my dad because he's always wanting to know not how I'm doing, but can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not calling dad. And then my siblings really didn't have it, their life together. They're older than me. So I'm like, I just don't want to be right taken advantage of. Yeah. They're so. going to guilt me about mm-hmm. like having yep. some level of success. They're going to need something from so me. All of these, yeah. all of these external factors mm-hmm. where I, I was able to sit down when I was 25 and I said, I'm where I'm at because of my decisions. Yep. Have I you read Extreme Ownership? No. Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership. Okay. It's great. I will For exactly I will that. You've already kind of worked through a lot of that stuff yeah. yourself. But I mean, the whole premise of the book, I can give it to you in 30 seconds, is like everything's your fault. You get hit by a car, you should have been paying better attention. You know, you, yep. uh, you get robbed on the street you probably shouldn't have been in that neighborhood you shouldn't have been carrying that much money you shouldn't have been i mean some of the examples can get pretty extreme yeah 
Um, but you have to, you have, to you be have vulnerable. to own it. Like yeah. when, like the, the more you, you mess own up, it, you've got to state I messed up. The more you own it, the more freedom it gives you. Cause mm-hmm. now it's, it's, you own some of the fixing of it too. Correct. I mean, it's, and it gets kind of oddly entangled in like the faith conversation. Yeah. Um, but this is when I bring up like, and I've people that listen to the podcast have heard me say this a bunch of time, but like God doesn't give you tables. Like if you sit around and pray for a table, like one's not just going to magically appear, but like he might've given you all the trees and all the tools. Like he doesn't make tables. He makes trees. Like there's, there's a gap sometimes between the blessing that God's giving you the plan he's got for your life and uh, where you're at. And a lot of times the only way to cover that gap is through taking action and doing the work and owning your mistakes and mm-hmm. like moving forward, not just sitting there yeah. waiting for it to happen. So I'm going to read this book. I've never read it, but owning, it's good owning your mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that right there is very difficult. It's actually very difficult. It's more difficult for people who have faith than for people who don't. Mm. And I ran into that. I ran into people who are in the world who don't go to church, they could care less, would be willing to share about, you know, really detailed issues that they've had with their parents or their addictions. Like they wouldn't really like sugarcoat it versus Mm -hmm. believers who care about their reputation the most and their institution, they would hide it. Mm. So I found that in my foundation that I wasn't willing to share real Elva. Because of the reputation, because we are the roses. We're the ones that uh, have helped plant many churches. We've supported a lot of people financially. We've, done it all. I mean, every type of ministry, worship, kids, adolescents, women's, men's conventions. Yeah. We were that family mm-hmm. that people would see us walk into the church and we're like, are your parents pastors? Like, no, but basically at this point we've had right. so many discipleships in our home. We've had so many people in our home. Right. And the gift of hospitality is definitely something that we right. have. Yeah. I mean, we've baptized people in the sink. Yeah. Like it's, I yeah. mean, it's just in our blood. Right. But they knew a perception or a concept of that Elva, of the Elva that had to make sure that I don't share my mistakes because then I'm going to let people down. But that got to the point that it was driving me nuts. I mean, crazy, mm. mentally crazy, where I'm like, I, can't, I don't think I have anybody in my life where I can be so vulnerable yeah. where I'm not going to feel like the very first thing that they're going to tell me is I'm disappointed. In you, or you're no longer right. a family member, or I disown you. Yeah. Because that's how believers actually act. Yeah, which is really, I mean, it's sad, but it's, it, it certainly happens. I mean, it happens all the time. I yeah. mean, if, a, if I have a daughter and she ha- gets pregnant out of wedlock, oh, I, she's brought so much shame. Yeah. And she's, she's going to, or I yeah. have a son who's homosexual. He's brought so much shame. Yeah. To our family. Or I, my dad ended up cheating on my mom. 
it has brought so much shame yeah. or my mom ended up cheating on my dad and now they're divorced and it's brought so much shame. So you have blame, shame, and justification. Those are the three things. Mm. When extreme ownership, who are you blaming? Who are you shaming? And how are you justifying your circumstance? Mm. Because it's going to get to the point that if you continue to blame your family, that you don't have the financial freedom, the social freedom, physical freedom, spiritual freedom, mental freedom. It's all my upbringing because I've been abused or because we were dirt poor or yep. because I didn't have an education. I didn't go to college. Why are you blaming that? Why are you shaming people? Now you get vicious and you want to, you know, eye for an eye and you want to start shaming right. people and bringing up names and they did this and they did that. And then you're justifying yourself. I am a 25-year-old, single, not dating, um, broke, living check by check, 25-year-old, single woman. Yeah. Who says that she believes in God and she goes to church. When it comes back to your social entrepreneurship thing of like addressing the root, not putting, playing the victim puts a Band-Aid on it. It's just like. It's, it's almost just like a drug or alcohol or whatever. It's like, it's an addiction using that excuse, mm -hmm. playing the victim card gives you, gets you out of that conversation, you know, gets you out of, you know, gets you five minutes down the road. It gives you a little bit of gratification. Um, but it's not addressing any of the roots that are leading to where you are in life. Mm -hmm. And if you're not addressing the root, five years from now won't be any better. 10 years from now will be even worse. 15 years from now. You've got to take ownership. Now it's too late to fix it. Cause that's a mm -hmm. real reality. Like, I mean, I've Absolutely. seen, I've seen it happen. I've seen the guys that get to 50, 60 and they're like, they're like, you know what? I, I didn't accomplish anything, um, on, you know, in the financial pillar, I didn't accomplish anything in the social pillar. Like, you know, cause that's what I, that's the trap I see people fall into. They'll get accolades for their success in like just the financial pillar, but everything in their life is it's a complete depleted. wreck. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I'm just like, I, I have to measure my success and, and try to keep it as balanced, balanced. as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, a lot of people will sit there and say, like, I'd die for my kids. I'd die for my wife. I'd die for my family. It's like, but will you, will you live for them? Because mm -hmm. that's, frankly, as, as like a guy, like, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Like, it would be a lot easier for me to just, like, go take a bullet for my kid <laughs> than it would be to, like, do this work day in and day out to yeah. try and be a good father that's not only, like, gives my time, but mm -hmm. also like provides for the family yeah. and is like uh, a faithful, like leader. Um, all that stuff is so brutally difficult day in and day out. And you, and you see all of these, you can group them in demographics because it's, everybody repeats the same cycles. Mm -hmm. So if you have somebody who's career driven, let's just say finances, you have those who can get married, but they're not home. Right. And then you have those who uh, get married and they are home and they're, uh, they're at every game. No matter if they're not making money, they're at every game because they're living. They are literally living with their family, mm -hmm. not dying for their family. And then you can have somebody who's career driven, who's single. 
and they never go to Christmas with family, Thanksgiving, birthdays. They're just all about, I can't go, I can't go because I am I'm yeah. running businesses versus those who are like, oh yeah, mom, I'll be there for your birthday. I'll be there for my sibling's birthday. Like I'm going to, I'm going to live with them. I'm not going to say something that 10 years when I have financial freedom, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'll so do this a, when it's like, correct. it's a recipe for disaster. And it is a recipe for disaster because you can't, you can't buy love. Like you just can't. And truthfully, you know, if you're falling in love with your spiritual life, falling in love with your physical life, your social, your financial, and just because there's people that only have skills in their mental health. They're mm-hmm. not even, I mean, they know exactly what an extrovert versus an introvert is. They know exactly, you know, somebody who struggles with anxiety, depression, and loneliness, stress, suicidal thoughts. They know, have a lot of knowledge, but they can't talk to a stranger at Walmart. Right. They don't have any social skills. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. So I, do you have all I of these judge cycles? How I view other people's mm-hmm. success differently too now, yeah. because I used to fall into the trap of like that guy or that girl is killing it in the financial part, and I want to be like them. Um, and now it's like I have so much more respect for the people that are making a living, spending time with their loved ones, spending time with their friends, um, going to church, being involved with their church. Because now I realize after hitting some financial success and immediately, I mean like immediately realizing, oh, all that stuff they said about, you know, achieving some number in a bank account won't make you happy. Mm-hmm. It's like I was literally, I was happy for like a day. Yeah. I mean, I had like, I had this deal work out. Same I had, thing with the duplex. Yeah. I had, like, oh, I found a property that I reinvested that lump sum, but it's been since April, April, May, June, July, August. It's been six months mm-hmm. of, yeah, it's a lot of work. A lot of headaches. Yeah. And I I don't want to discourage people from like accomplishing their goal, whatever, Mm -hmm. like all of that is important, but I'm just hope that people believe other people when they hear them say, don't just push for that financial success Mm -hmm. at the sacrifice of everything else. Correct. Because Mm -hmm. I promise you, like you will find it a very empty and lonely place. Um, just the same as if I pursued nothing but like just my family mm-hmm. or like my, so, let's call it the social pillar, I guess. You might find yourself with like a lot of like close loved ones that, but like, dude, if you're dead broke, like it's a lonely place too. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, I you know, my family would support me and still love me if I went dead broke. I, mm-hmm. I'm, pretty confident in that but like something like some money's gonna have to come from somewhere like it's it's it wherever it's it's just all that to say like hyper success in any one of those pillars is just gonna leave you yeah or even just in two that you have to have a balance right yeah you have to have a balance and i just you know if you're watching this and you're listening to this and you've been going to church you've never been to church or you have 
hit the gym every single day of your life and or like you me. never hit the gym every single day of your life. Why are you laughing? <laughs> or you're a social butterfly and you're going out for drinks every single night or having people over for game night or going to the movie theater or watching Netflix and chilling or call me. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> or you, you know, you're really good at your finances and you have right. businesses or you ha you're working for a really great corporation or really great small business or you've decided to have a great therapist who's guided you through all of your decisions and, and enlightened you with really good resources. You know, that's great, but you need to have a balance. There needs to be a balance. Mm -hmm. And these are five pillars that every single day when it talks about renewing of your mind, where have I put the most attention to today? Or where do I plan to put the most attention to or where would you like for me, Lord, to put my most attention to? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have to talk to my college friends every single day. Right. I can meet up with them and have a little reunion after a year or two. And if they're and really it, your friends, if they're really my you friends, won't skip a beat. And, and then, then yeah, and then you meet up and it feels like you just yeah. met yesterday. Right. Those are real friendships. Yeah. Um, there will be times. I mean, I had to make some... Um, I had to make some setbacks on my spiritual life and I decided not to do any leadership roles. I only wanted to play drums, mm -hmm. no longer leading worship, no longer, longer leading missions, anything involved with kids or young adults or youth. And I said, I'm only going to play drums and I'm going to really focus on my mental health. And I started looking into doctors who specialize in reprogramming your brain because we've been giving a body and the body functions according to how your mind functions. Like there yeah. are clinical, you know, research or exams or tests that prove to you that the way that your mind thinks, your thoughts, they will affect your physical being. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's your brain's connection. Your brain's the most important organ in the body, according to the brain. Yeah. Brain's also the only organ that named itself. I did not know that. Where's that from? Like somebody's brain came up with the word brain, right? <laughs> There's no other organ that's named itself, just the brain. You're right. You're right. Fun food for thought, <laughs> shower thoughts. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> that threw me off. I'm like, the brain, you're right. Yeah. It named itself, yeah. the brain. <laughs> But and yes, it is your, the only organ. Your thoughts, yeah, dictate. Yes, thoughts a lot. can affect your physical being. So my thoughts up until 25 is I am very tired. I'm exhausted. I've worked since I was 13. I wish I was married for somebody to take care of me, or I wish to have eight kids by now, own my home, retire my parents. Eight kids is a lot. You, you keep know, bringing it up, and I'm traveling like, traveling oh the God. world for the rest of my life. It gets sweaty palms. All of the, every time I know, you say it gets eight everybody kids, like, I'm like, what? oh my eight, gosh. Eight. Just logistically, like even my three, like it's just getting them from A to B is like so hard. Hey, but if you can handle, how many properties do you have? 90-ish. I mean. You don't have to keep them alive though. They just like. I know, but. I don't even know where half of them are. Like I couldn't even like point them out to you on I a map. I think the. I'm not saying that kids are an investment, but you know. Yeah, and there are. There I mean, there's are an expense there. Similarities. You know? I yeah. feel like if I'm able to 
be involved in several businesses or partnerships, I feel like I'm equipping myself for what's yeah. to come, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's just it, a good way to become a better version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, like we, <laughs> my wife and I have joked that it's like, after you have kids, it's like, you should be able to put a lot more things on your resume. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, like I feel like I'm oddly equipped for like international politics. Like I feel like I could like, yeah, I could yeah. like resolve global conflicts, you know, like Me if too. you can get a, if you can get a four-year-old girl and a two-year-old boy <laughs> to get along for an hour, like you can get Israel and Palestine <laughs> to be like best friends. You know what I mean? Yes. I, um, one of the things Don't that Don't clip I, that. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I was just thinking about is till I was 25, I've been kind of like a psycho or addicted to being a perfectionist Mm. like i've got to have everything in line in order for me to act upon it yeah that's a lie because my actions don't speak that but my thoughts were i'm a perfectionist you know Mm. because i'd take a trip to i don't know morocco with two dollars in my bank i'm like oh well i'll just figure it out yeah you know but i'd i'd see myself become extreme and like an extreme perfectionist in other areas like i've got to know if I'm going to do a Bible study, I've got to know everything. Or if I'm going to advise yeah. somebody on a business, I've got to know everything. Yeah. So I started, you know, kind of figuring out where am I an extreme perfectionist and where am I slacking? Yeah. And one of the, the you know, really good, you know, I guess one of the main things that I wanted to focus on is that if you are struggling with being a perfectionist or that you think that you need to become one, is that it will eventually lead you back to your comfort zone. Because you and don't have to be at, yeah. You don't have to be a perfectionist to take action. Right. I'm what, a big progress over perfection. Correct. Person it will now. lead you to procrastination. Right. Because you get so stressed out that I don't have enough money to build this building. Mm-hmm. I don't have the people to help me out. I don't have that I don't even have an idea how to do a blueprint. Who am I going to contact? But that's yeah. your perfectionism will lead you to procrastination. And the goal is to build something. You don't have the answers and it's going to lead you back to your comfort zone where I'm miserable. I'm tired. I don't have the way I don't have. The I would do that thing, but it's not going to work out because it's not going to be perfect. And whatever. that comfort zone is not even comfortable. It's miserable. Right. You hate it. So take action. Right. Stop trying to be a perfectionist. You don't have to have all the money. You don't have to have all the resources. You just have to have the questions. You have to start asking people your questions. How did you do it? Surround yourself by people who are already doing it and find the ones that are willing to share information. Stay away from the people who just see you as a dollar sign because there's plenty of people out there. They're going to try to screw you over. And that's what I did. I decided in, I, I believe in 2021, December of 2021, By that time, all of 2020 and all of 2021, I spent two years really investing my time in my mental pillar and Mm -hmm. understanding that I can reprogram my brain. I don't have to feel like I'm miserable or I'm sad or I'm lonely or I'm depressed. I can reprogram it, but I have to go back and figure out the root. It's like dragging yourself out of a hole. Yes. So I started listening to Dr. Carolyn Reef. If anybody, you know, needs to have immediate resources. You can follow her on Instagram. She has a podcast on all 
Apple Music and Podcast, Dr. Yeah. Carolyn Reef. She's a pathologist and a cognitive neuroscientist. So she is able to scan brains. Can you spell that? Pathologist. <laughs> I spelled it right here. <laughs> yeah, She's done. a pathologist and a cognitive neuroscientist, and she always does these studies on the brain and how trauma, it can affect you and uh, make you behave the certain way or make you think mm. the certain way. So I started mm -hmm. really investigating, you know, what happened in my childhood, in my teenage years, adulthood. And I started to dissect, deconstruct. And I said, okay, something really, really big happened when I was a child. Sexual abuse, pretty common, right? I've healed from that. Mm -hmm. And it's very vulnerable because a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And a lot of people I don't. I immediately got uncomfortable. Right? It makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. But the statistics is very high. It is very high. Yeah. Because humans are humans and they're evil. And a child doesn't really have a say. Right. And usually if they do have a say, it will cause a lot of problems. So the year that, you know, for anybody out there that is listening, if you normally accept Christ when you're a kid because you go to church. Right. Right. You don't really know what you're committing to. But if something major like that, your parents divorce, your dad dies, your house burns, um, I don't know, you're dirt yeah. poor living under the bridge with your mom. Right. Uh, your dad is shooting up heroin or whatever every single night. There's right. a lot of things that can happen that can create that trauma. So you begin to welcome fear. So I mm. welcomed the Lord in my life, but that same year I welcomed fear because there's something major that happened to me and I couldn't share it. I wasn't going to share it because it's shameful. And then you blame yourself, blame, shame, justification, and then you are the victim and then you live that victimized lifestyle. So throughout all of these years from eight to 25, it's a pretty long time that I haven't shared this. Maybe well, I shared it yeah. with a couple of really good friends, but there wasn't ever a solution of, you don't have to think this way. You don't have to act this way. We can get you help. We can reprogram it and we can target the trauma and figure out how you're going to heal because you can restore yeah. what was taken to you in your childhood. It can be restored. It can. Yeah. Your 20 year old friends, not like, or your 12 year old friend or anybody along the way, they're not equipped you. to like help you with no. that. Like, so what I started to look into is the statistics. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the only one that has happened to, and I'm not going to blame my parents. They were great to me, and they gave me a wonderful upbringing. And I'm going to take extreme ownership. It's happened. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to put yeah. it under the table. I'm not going to be a 80-year-old and then finally confessing it until, you know, I part ways and go to heaven. Yeah. I want to talk to those people who have experienced it and how they got to it, healing, you know, how they accomplish healing or restoration. Yeah. So, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it right now, and because it's very vulnerable, a lot of, a lot of people don't like to talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable. You cannot grow if you're comfortable. It's impossible. Mm. Mm. It, yeah. And humans want to law of attraction. You will be attracted to people that are like-minded. You should be reaching out to people who make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Saw a video with because Kanye. Because that's how you grow. Saw a video with Kanye and he was like, the realest people you meet will make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He's like, the fakest people you meet are the ones that immediately make you feel comfortable. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, what a Kanye thing to say. But like, it's so true. And so now I surround myself or I am that person that I'm okay with making people uncomfortable because I'm, I'm, I don't want to just, you know, give them a bowl of sugar and say, eat it up and you're going to be good for the rest of your life. No, there are things that can happen throughout your life that you experience. I mean, even just church in general, I've been through so many denominations and Mm -hmm. so many things that happened that are unethical, that are never spoken about because you're, you are protecting the reputation of an institution or a denomination. Shame, blame, judgment. Correct. So what are you called to do? You're asked to leave because you no longer agree with the hush hush. Right. Or it's not, it's just not good. And we're called to be accountable with one another, even in religious organization where it's like, if you offend your brother, talk to him, try to resolve it or bring somebody in or expose it to the church. And then if it's not resolved, go out, you like part ways. But the problem is that I had a lot of really close relationships with the leaders of these institutions and who holds these people accountable. Yeah. Oftentimes nobody, nobody. Right. So if they fail, it's like saying the president of the United States fails, who holds them accountable? Yeah. Supposed to be the, the people It doesn't really work that way. It doesn't seem. So we have these issues everywhere. It's not just a church issue. Right. It's not just a family issue. If your dad ends up, you know, uh, unfortunately it happens, but if your father ends up, if the father ends up raping the son or the daughter, who's going to hold the father accountable? Mm. So you come from family to businesses to religious organizations, and these are the same issues, mental issues, financial issues, social issues, physical issues, and spiritual issues. These are people who haven't dealt with the issues that happened to them when they were a kid or in their upbringing, and they are addictions. Right. That's why you have Boy Scouts of America, the number one organization. The Scouts of America. The Scouts. Largest world organization ever to have the most abuses ever logged more than the Catholic and the Southern Baptist Convention. Really? Boy Scouts of the United States. And they are not shut down. Yikes. They are still running. Right. Well, and now they, you know, they're, they have to be inclusive. The Girl Scouts still get to be the Girl Scouts. But the Scouts now like take girls Mm -hmm. as well, which I don't think is going to do anything positive for the victim numbers. And it's not going to do, it's not going to resolve it. You know, vetting people, you know, making sure that they put an ID and all of that, even with churches. I mean, you don't even do a background check for most of these religious organizations. You just have faith that they're going to be good. Right. You know, but you, you welcome people into your circle and you have to understand that we will function according to where we're putting our attention to on these five pillars, because these five pillars are very important in our lives. Yeah. I mean, they encompass everything. They well, will. You said something that I wanted to touch on. So like you mentioned bringing up the abuse, um, because it is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it is something that if it doesn't get talked about, it 
nothing changes. Nothing. One, the other part of that is what's so powerful about talking about it is through working through the trauma that happens to you and through getting comfortable talking about it, it changes what happened to you from working against you to like working for you in a way, Mm -hmm. because now it's like you've gone from, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? Let this terrible thing happen to me to, and, and through the working on yourself, you've gotten to a place where it's like, okay, that is a thing that happened to me. And because of it, because of the terrible traumatic thing, I can now use that as a benefit to other people. Mm-hmm. Like yes. if it's going to have to happen to me, it's already happened to me. How can I now flip that coin and use it for a positive purpose? Absolutely. Whether, you know, whatever that trauma is, mm-hmm. my, my dad died when I was 12. Yeah. Well, I can, I now have a unique perspective when I'm talking to kids raised without fathers mm-hmm. and I can try to be an example for them of, hey, I went through all of this when I lost my dad. All of a sudden, you know, without a father figure in my life, I thought that drinking beer and eating red meat made me a man. Now I don't do either. I don't eat. I mean, if I go to a steakhouse, I'll like have a steak, but, um, But you you know, and I don't drink. And like, you know, if somebody wants to call me less of a man because of it, that's fine. Yeah. Like I've come so far on like my self-confidence and my self-worth and my masculinity that I don't tie it to these adolescent things that I used to. Correct. And anyways, all that to say, you, you can take that trauma and figure out, and it usually, it takes some time and a lot of work on your part but tie it into, okay, what was God's purpose for this? Because it, that's a really hard thing to do, but if you can do it on the other side of that hurdle is some like really beautiful stuff. Absolutely. And that's the goal. I mean, we've got 8 billion people or close to 8 billion. My goal is to impact a billion people in my lifetime. Yeah. Just one out of eight, you know, just one out of eight. Yeah. And I know there are people out there. I know that there are little kids, there are teenagers, even now, because I mean, now once you're 18, it's like a serious issue because there are adults that can abuse people even mentally or verbally. I mean, there's so many different types of abuse that you can have, Yep. but we don't want to be a victim. We want to be victorious, right? We want to be fighters. We want to be warriors. Mm -hmm. We want to help and assist those who are are going through really difficult seasons in their lives because of unfortunate circumstances. But we want to be able to share our story to bring awareness that life can be simple, you know, and I want people to live the simplicity of life that sometimes all you have to do is share your story. Yep. Yep. That if you're just thinking about it over and over and over and over and over, why, 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 my life sucks, my life sucks, my life sucks, share that. Tell somebody, you know what, I'm 25 years old and my life absolutely sucks. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to contact. I'm tired of church. I'm tired of my family. I'm tired of my job. What more can I do? Yeah. That's where I was. And somebody 
Dr. Carolyn Leaf, because of the studies that she began to do, and I began to realize that I've got a lot of conditions in my mind that mm -hmm. I need to break and I need to untangle and I need to rebuild my thought process and rebuild new pathways in my brain of how it functions. Yeah. So I understood, I took extreme ownership that I am where, am I, where I'm at yeah. because I had been blaming shaming and justifying my circumstance and my only pillar that i had really focused on was my spiritual, spiritual pillar. yeah i mean i was a jesus freak truthfully yeah and i was social just to kind of cope with it because i wasn't going to be addicted to drugs or alcohol you missed or out sex drugs like, no. and alcohol are awesome <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's, else. but i, I wasn't like, yeah it's terrible it to say but wasn't. like they're great like <laughs> Like it's, it's a short-term bandaid. It's never going to address the root of your problems. Correct. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you try drugs or alcohol and you immediately realize like, oh, this is No, well, I've tried alcohol. I've just never been addicted to it. Yeah. And I've never tried a drug. So other than anything that's been prescribed to me. But Dr. Carolyn Leaf, if you haven't watched, listened, or read her books, um, Esther Peril is a psychotherapist known for her work on human relationships um, the quality of our relationships determines the quali quality of our lives. Mm. So remember I mentioned my, my mom called and it create anxiety mm -hmm. or I didn't want to reach out to my dad, my relationships, my relationships now sucked. I can go home, celebrate mom's birthday, but truthfully, I just really didn't want to be there. How can I work on that? How can I be grateful? Yeah. How can I say Personal ba boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard with the people you're closest to. Correct. With new connections that are like, you know, I'm 34. Mm -hmm. I just turned 34. It took me a minute. I was like having to make sure I got it right with people that know me now or have only known me recently. It's very different than the person that changed your diapers when you're a newborn, yeah. right? Like it's just, it's way different. Um, and it's, it's good that it's different, but like, yeah, retroactively going back and being like, hey, as an adult now, as somebody that is out living their own adult life with their own adult responsibilities. I mean, in my case, like I have a wife and kids and like I'm as adult as I'm ever going to get. Right. Yeah. Like it's um, it's you're always having to reevaluate that stuff. There's new boundaries now that we have grandkids. And when you start telling your parents how you want them to be around your, your kids, kids, it starts getting really weird. They're like, well, I raised you and you turned out fine. So what's Correct. wrong with how I'm yeah. being around you gotta create my grandkids? Boundaries. And it's like, well, they're, they're my kids. It's mm -hmm. another weird thing. It's like kids are the only, like you're allowed ownership of your kids. And it's <laughs> like, it makes sense. Like you should, but also like kind of weird. Like, yeah, it's the, they're the only people you refer to as mine. Right. It's like, absolutely. Like they're, and they are, my, and, and they are, but like it, it, it's, it's this weird thing I'm still kind of wrestling with. Cause like, as they get older, they become less yours. Yours. Mm -hmm. They become independent and it's weird. So like <laughs> I can, I can empathize now with my mom mm -hmm. and like her having to go through that gradual process of me becoming less and less hers and more and more my own. Correct. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to, 
to let go of that just yet. But, but it's a process, yeah. you know, and, and you'll, if you are wanting to become a better version of yourself when your kids are teenagers, for you to be able to handle them saying, dad, I don't want you to talk to me like that, or I'm tired of yeah. you wanting this for me. Yeah. yeah. They'll start creating their own boundaries with you. That's and, where it gets real, real. And I'll be honest, my gut reaction will, <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for the the time it takes God to give us the things that we want, right? Because yeah. like, if he dumped a teenager on me right now, we would be at each other's throats all day. Yes. Because I would have the tendency to be like, it's my house, it's my rules, and like all those terrible things that like, you know, we're not supposed to say. I'd probably say all of them. <laughs> but anyways. So uh, definitely. Yeah, who else? Esther Peril. I, Esther Peril. I decided to... Um, after I gained knowledge from Dr. Carolyn Reed and Esther Pearl, I said, okay, I've, I've got to reprogram my brain and then I've got to fix my relationships because I've, I've got good relationships. They're just not great hmm. because there's a lot of effort. I'm always having to go the extra mile and I'm not receiving it back. So I'm, I've got to define where my boundaries are at, where I would like to see me and my mom, you know, in the next year or so, me and my dad. I don't want to feel like I need to go see them for their birthdays. Like I want to go see them. Right. Um, and even with my local friends, I wanted to improve on our friendships and, and be accountable with one another, not just like comfortable right. to talk about uncomfortable things. Yeah. So when well, that intentionality kind of freaks people out, Yes. like some of it, it weird, it gets weird because some people can't handle it and they just don't want to be around you. Well, because like where you go, you transition in your life from like we mentioned before, like high school, there's just proximity. You're around each other all the time. It's super social. Like you have your friends mm -hmm. and you meet between classes and you do activities together, whatever. But like I have, as I've become an adult and I've had to like go through this transition with a lot of my friends, it's like, it's like, dude, I am so intentional with my time. It's like every hour I'm with my friends, which is few and far between now, dude, that's hours I'm not doing something else. Yeah. Like I'm not just filling my time with time for you. I'm cutting out time. I would be doing other things to spend it with you mm -hmm. because like I care about our friendship and I want to like, I want my social pillar to not just Deplete. completely diminish mm -hmm. to nothing. But like some people that's weird and really foreign to them. Yeah. It's like the days of you just hitting me up at, 6 p.m. to see if I want to come over and like watch the football game. They're like, over. dude, those are over. Yeah. Like, I need you to ask me like last week about like this week's game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause like, I, like I just like, and this is not me bragging. It's probably not the most healthy thing, but like, dude, my calendar is full. Yep. It's planned out. Mm -hmm. Cause it has to be, or everything won't get done. You gotta have structure. Right. Yeah. You gotta have structure. There's just too many things that need to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyways, all that to say, like you will face some resistance when trying to implement that Change. intentionality yeah. in your when relationships. Like, so used to seeing a version of Elva forever. And yeah. now they're like, um, I don't think I like this version of you. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to become a better friend. Right. If you loved me a as a sister, friend, a better you daughter. Would, right. And I'm trying to be who I want to be. Yeah. Not who anybody tells me they want me to be. Right. And your true friends of, will like that. Mm -hmm. and it takes understand. a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So I decided to 
go full on. And I didn't do Christian counseling. I didn't do a regular therapist. I went to a clinical psychologist to start all of the cognitive stuff. And so that she can look at my trauma. And I literally walked into her office and I told her, I'm here because I need clinical proof. I have this background. I have this trauma. I mean, apart from the sexual abuse, my mom lost four out of seven siblings. Goodness and gracious. most of them in wrecks. And it's not like just my mom's sibling, but it's spouses. And then my mm. uncle and his 20-year-old son in a car explosion. So very traumatic, right? Yeah. yeah. We're just getting phone calls. They've passed, they've passed, they've passed. And it does create codependency, mm. right? Yeah. And unhealthy emotional attachments. So I'm going to my clinical psychologist. She is saying it as it is. I've just met you. You're not here to be on drugs. You're here because you want to build this relationship with me so I can put you through these exams. You want to have clinical proof of where you're at, that you're at where you're at because of your trauma, death, grief, all of that. Absolutely. I need it on paper, clinical proof. I'm not here for anything else. And once you tell me where I'm at, I'm going to put all my time and effort to rebuild these new pathways and these new thought processes. I'm going to put the effort. So we did it. I've been seeing her for about two years now and um, my life has completely changed because my relationships with my parents are better. My relationship with my best friend, my other friends are better. My siblings. Who's your best friend? Diana. Okay. Yes. And how does Des feel about that? She feels fine. Okay. Des is a, she's pretty close. Shout out to Des <laughs> and Diana. Yes. Shout out to Des and Diana. They <laughs> they are my current family. Yeah. My instant family because I live with them. Yeah. And do you want to know who's my favorite? Yeah. I'll never tell you. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Samantha Short is my clinical psychologist. She's local in Arkansas. And she is excellent because she put me through this process and she was able to listen to all of it and she said you sound like a 60 year old living in a 27 year old body you're reflecting on life rather than living we need to rewind time and we need to get you back to how a 27 year old acts and behaves and thinks mm. you don't need to worry about your family's finances you don't need to take care of your parents you don't need to build these businesses businesses to feel successful you need to tell me what you want to do now as a 27-year-old. Let's remove all of the distractions. And I literally said, I want to date. She's like, what do 27-year-olds do? I'm like, they date. She yeah. said, that's a very common thing. Let's get you there. So I downloaded an app, started my dating experience last year. It's been up and down, but at least I'm out there. I'm taking action. I'm not perfect. You yeah. know, I'm not the perfect candidate, right. but at least I'm working to become Somebody who is yeah. willing to commit for a lifetime. Well, you're taking the action. I'm it's taking like you action. can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. And I'm not thing. back in my comfort zone where I'm like miserable. I'm not dating. I'm my life sucks. There's Prince no Charming hope. hasn't just fallen in my lap. Correct. I'm not there. I'm taking action. Even though I'm not perfect, I'm still working on my mental health, my financial freedom, social, physical, and spiritual. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Because it's a process and you have to enjoy the process. So Dr. Samantha Short, she's my clinical psychologist. 
she's actually my first guest on the Simplicity Project. Mm -hmm. And then Dr. John Deloney, he's a mental health expert. He has several books. Uh, I like, I don't remember the one, talks about how we have to decide which stories that have been told to us, which ones are lies. Mm. And I think I mentioned this. My parents have this addictive mindset that if we go drop $200 at a restaurant, mom and dad will say, we could have cooked at home. Poverty mindset to mm -hmm. condition. If we go to McDonald's and buy a $50 meal, they still would have said the same exact thing. Right. We could have cooked at home. Yeah. They are not living. Right. Yeah. They have that condition and they come from poverty. So it's, it's there. Yeah. I'm and running a restaurant for, for 30 years. On survival is, mode. Right. Yeah. They yeah. know how much it costs for us to have, you know, a paycheck and all of that, the hard work. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to live like that. I've got to create new pathways and I, by my actions, you know, those questions that my mom and my dad say, Hey, we could have cooked at home. I can say we could have cooked at home, but I'm so thankful. I'm happy and grateful that I can have this right. time with you that guys here. we didn't here. have to. Yeah. We didn't have to. Right. I'm glad mom Someone else is doing the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. So we can turn it around and start creating those new pathways and new thought processes and not telling people this is how you need to think, but being the person that people can see that there's been a change. Mm, She's not super yeah. anxious. I'm not saying yes to every single entrepreneurial business project that comes my way. I'm being very precautious because I'm going to see if they have mental, financial, social, physical, and spiritual. I'm going right. to need to understand where they're at because if they're only financially driven, I'm not in. There needs to be a balance. Yeah. And lastly, I hired a business coach last year, Amanda Smith. She has the Dallas Girl Gang. Um, I'm very grateful. She helped Dallas me. Dallas Girl Gang. She helped me build the Simplicity Project as how am I going to monetize? Realistically speaking, it's a great idea. Right. But how will you make money? Right? It's an important question. It is an important question. So I'm very excited because I will be launching my first guest next week, hopefully. That's yeah. the plan. And um, she's from London. She's a mindset coach. My business coach, Amanda. Does she have said, an accent? Yes. Nice. My business coach, Amanda Smith, said, what is your vision? I said, I want to become a mindset coach. She said, all of your guests, surround yourself by them, learn the game, give yourself two to three to four years, understand what it means, and then you can charge for your service. Yeah. But right now you're learning. So I've all right. of my guests right now, they're mindset coaches. Awesome. Because I want to learn from them. Yeah. And um, so Nina is a mindset coach, a professional uh, speaker. She's a tech, tech uh, speaker as well and an author. And her awesome. story is insane. So I'm very excited to kind of share yeah. her story. And then my next guest will be, I hired, I recently hired in August, a business mindset coach. So I went from business coach back in November to meeting Nina as a mindset coach. And now I've combined them and I've met Joseph uh, Jolshakin. I'm pretty sure that's how I say it. I forgot. I never met, I never call him Joseph. I call him Joe, but. I, he's the founder and CEO of IFGT coaching and consulting. Droll Shaggin. Droll Shaggin. Okay. But he's incredible. His expertise is, uh, helping companies who or his, when he was in the corporate world, he would literally, any company that would go bankrupt, he would 
put them back afloat. So one of the ones that he did, they went back from bankruptcy back to $100 million. So he's an expert. I've taken his coaching classes since August, and my mind is sharper than ever. Yeah. I know my vision. I know my goal. I've got the confidence. Um, awesome. My reality is not my today. My right. reality is what I envision. Mm. And you and you align yourself to that vision, not to what's happening right now. Yeah, it's like a manifestation. Yeah, which I just pray about it and ask yeah. the Lord to guide me, but I have to take action. My reality is I don't just want a quadruplex. I want multiple multi-living residential homes. And I will impact a billion people through the Simplicity Project. Yeah. And I will help people scale their business through GoLands, you know, as the director of customer success, if you have any type of business and you need to scale it yeah, with remote workers, here I am. I'm here Hit to help up you. Elva. Yeah. So we aren't, I wrote this because it's one of the quotes that I've taken from Joseph's, Joseph's coaching is you were never given a dream without being given the power to make it true. And that's Richard Bach. Mm. So I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. People have always yeah. said, you've done so many things. How have you traveled to 13 countries in such a short time? Been busy. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are no excuses. Right. And now that I've been able to really become, hopefully becoming an expert in mental health, um, I really want to just become that mindset coach for people. People can contact me. You know, right now I'm available. You can book me. Anytime, DM me on social media, yeah. any social media platform, if as a keynote speaker, right. faith-based or business entrepreneurship, that's my expertise. That's my background. Yeah. Um, but I'm... And bilingual. And bilingual, so I can do it in Spanish or English. Yeah. And that's my background. I mean, I didn't have a mental pillar, so I said I'm going to build one. From, my, from listening to two women, Dr. Carolyn Leaf as the pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist to Esther Peril, who's a psychotherapist, specializes in human relationships. I took action. I got a doctor myself. I went to a clinical psychologist. She told me, this is where you're at. This is how you're going to become a 27-year-old, go out and date, did it, loved it. And I started reading books. What was the I, worst date you went on? Um... I think the very first guy that I met just uh -huh. ghosted me, but oh, it wasn't, sad. it wasn't, we had planned to meet and he ghosted me the closer we got to the date. So I think that was a little okay. off. But yeah. It, I mean, that's not great, but there's no like horror stories. No, no horror stories. Well, that's good. They've all been great. Okay. Yeah. So all right. then I went to. I was hoping for like a, not for no, you no to have horror. gone through I've, a bad I've experience. I've met really but. good men. There are okay. really good men out there, ladies. If you think that they don't exist, there are really good men out there, even through apps when usually their intention is not to get married. Um, I have met really good men okay, with a solid head on their shoulders. And they just, you have to find the one that's the right fit for you. You know, because of yeah. these five pillars. I mean, those are areas in your life that you can, from a conversation, you can identify where they've wasted or spent most of their time. Mm -hmm. And you can be unequally yoked in any of those. Oh yeah, most people are. I mean, I would say it's extremely rare to find somebody that's pretty balanced across all across yeah. all five. Because mm -hmm. like, it's a daily struggle. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's always getting out of whack. And I haven't worked out in a long time. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and I love to eat. So I that's definitely a pillar kids. that's been on my mind. I'm like, I need to pay attention to it. I see you on Facebook, like riding your bike and... Yeah, but those are like one day out of every three months, <laughs> you know? You're like, yeah, I go that one day every three months and take like 30 pictures and... Yeah. <laughs> post it out over time. So I definitely... One of the last things that I'll say is, this is my own quote as Ella Rose's founder, CEO of The Simplicity Project. Uh-huh. If you have a story out there that is unbelievable like people will not believe how ugly it is how sad it is or if it's inspirational please contact me i am here in arkansas i plan to you know bring on guests not just globally but locally um you can dm me i want them to hear your story i am interested in in people who are gym rats or are financial maniacs like they're just they know what they're doing um if you are a clinical psychologist or in the mental field and you've got a lot of knowledge and it's helped you um even spiritual people from different religions i'd love to know your your background um that's what the simplicity project is for uh, so you can hit the channel up and receive all the resources that you need to restore every single one of your pillars um, my quote is believe it, know it, don't just feel it. Like you've got to believe mm. it and know it because we can't function off of a feeling because it will lead you to your comfort zone and procrastination. Cause I just, yeah, I don't feel like getting rid of debt. I don't feel like going to therapy. I don't feel like going out and hanging out with my social people. I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like going to church. Yeah. If you live that lifestyle, you got to go back, find the route, rebuild your pathways Get all the resources from the Simplicity Project because there will be plenty. And yeah. uh, believe it and know it because it's going to happen. Change is going to happen. Restoration will happen. I love that. I love everything that you're doing. This has been awesome. Really appreciate you coming out. And be sure for sure to go check out the Simplicity Project and everything Elva's doing over there. Sounds like she's got some awesome guests lined up and uh, really help y'all figure out these the balance on the the five pillars and all that stuff. I'm certainly going to be watching. So I'm Absolutely. excited to see what you put out there. Uh, this has been Hustle on Purpose. I'm your host, GT Eichard. This has been with Elva Rosas. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. And don't forget, Hustle on Purpose. Thanks for watching. If you like that video as much as we liked making it, be sure to check out another one. You've got one here. You got another one over here. If you want to listen to the podcast audio only, go check out the Spotify link in the description. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please consider doing so. It helps us out a ton. And please hit the bell if you want notifications anytime we drop a new video. Hope to see you on the next one.